This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. We've given you um, season predictions. We've given you win predictions. But there's one game that Boston College has to win and they have to win decisively. I'll get into what that means and why the Eagles need to put their best foot forward in the season over. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is AJ Black. I'm the editor and publisher of Eagle Insider, part of the 247 Network. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs help find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. All right. We are just a little over a week away from the season opener between Boston College and Northern Illinois. Camp is about to end. BC had their second scrimmage this weekend. We're almost into the mode where they're going to start into their um, their their season prep, their game prep for this, uh, you know, walkthroughs and all that good stuff for the Huskies. Now, in today's show, I want to get into why this game is the most critical to kick off this season. BC is coming into the season, obviously with a three and nine record. Everyone is talking to them like about them. Like they're going to repeat, not talk about it, but like the expectations aren't as high because of what happened last year. You see bowl projections, you hear, you know, predictions and they're all relatively negative. I would say there's some people that are, are positive, but as Jeff Halfley even said, they're, they're basing this off of last year. This is a completely different team. And we could talk about that as, until we're blue in the face. I've talked about it. I've said, you know, oh, the offensive line is going to be so much better. It's going to fix things. It's going to make things look so much better. But when they put ball to turf, that is when things are going to matter. What we talk about right now doesn't matter. It's just projections. It's what we feel. It's what we are, we're, we're thinking and what we're seeing on the practice field. That game against NIU is critical and I'm and BC has to win this game. And we'll talk about this game in, in detail pre- previewing it next week. But what I want to say right now in terms of, of season prep, BC not only has to win this game, but they have to do it convincingly. You know, I don't want to see a game where Boston college is in the fourth quarter and NIU is in within striking distance. That would be a that would be concerning. NIU is not a good team last was not a good team last year. And they bring back a quarterback that can th- you know move the ball. But if BC is is going to take that next step, is going to 
challenge, you know, get past that six win marker to get to a bowl, to do some things they haven't done under Jeff Halfley. They need to assert themselves. We've heard all summer long, Jeff Halfley saying the most important things about this team are the trenches, the offensive line and the defensive line. And he feels so confident about both of them that he feels great heading into this season. The worst thing that we could see on in week one is those two areas struggling against a team like NIU because yeah, they may improve as the season goes on. A lot of times they do, but that this is, this is a tone setting game for Boston college. This is a game where they're projected to win by 10 points, but a lot of those projections are based off of last year for both teams. They're at home. They have the home field advantage. If they were to lose this game, Already, you're behind the eight ball for the 2023 season. And for multiple reasons. NIU should be, should, again, I'm saying from a an outside perspective here, right? They should be an automatic win for BC. And they should do so decisively. If BC loses, just like they did to Rutgers last year, that sets the tone the other way. And all of a sudden, all the negativity that was surrounding this program comes flooding back. You know, you're starting to you you you're really starting to wonder about Jeff Halfley. You're thinking this season's going to be a complete disaster. They, if they can't beat NIU, who else are they going to lose to? BC is on paper good enough to win this by a lot, but they have to show it. In addition, if they lose this game, in terms of recruiting, it's going to kill this team. There's guys out there. Name I keep going back to: Gerby Lambert. If he wanted to commit to Notre Dame, he would have already done so. Believe me. Like, if you're down to two schools and it's Boston College and Notre Dame, and you're already like, I'm thinking Notre Dame, he would have popped to Notre Dame already. But I get the sense that maybe he's waiting to see what BC does. I'm, I get the sense that maybe he has a thought about maybe BC is the right choice for him. Now, he wants to probably see to make sure that the, he's not making the wrong decision. And if he does decide that maybe BC is a choice, you know, he's going to want to see on-field results. Be like, okay, Jeff Halfley and his staff have things going in the right direction. I want to commit there. But if they lose to NIU, forget it. Forget him. I bet there's going to be other commitments that would, would decommit. So as you see, this game is absolutely critical. It's not one that they can mess around. They need to go out there and showcase Emmett Moorhead this run game that we've heard all about that we didn't see at all last year, a defense that's led by Donovan Azaraku, who should be able to be one of the best edge rushers in, in the ACC. But on the other hand, has some good talent around him. NIU has to be put into the dirt fast. I don't, if I will be worried about Boston college, if they go out there and they're wasting offensive um, series. They're not being able to move the ball. It's a low scoring affair where there's not much happening. I want to see points and I want to see some aggressive defense. That's the type of tone that this team needs to take. We've heard Christian Mahogany say that this front line needs to be nasty. They need to be violent. Let's show it to them. You're a, I'm sure this offensive line is much bigger than what NIU is throwing on their defensive line. We'll get into those details next week. They should be able, if they're playing at the level that they're saying they're going to play, to push them around and run that ball. 
to get that ball going, get some big plays, get some chunk plays. That's what I want to see. So not only beating NIU is critical, but beating them in a way that shows those issues that we were worried about have been addressed. That Jeff Halfley with his four uh, coordinators or whatever he has right now can call a game together. That Jeff Halfley himself is doing the right thing and has this program going in the right direction. That's the kind of stuff that will be so critical out of this game. And we'll have all eyes from BC Nation watching this. Now, in a moment, I just mentioned the offensive coordinators. I heard some comments from Jeff Halfley, and I have some thoughts. And I want to talk about this offensive coordinator situation and what I hope will be how BC sets this up heading into the upcoming season. Now, before we do that, I want to tell you about Locked On ACC. If you're getting ready, man, if you're getting ready for Locked On for the ACC now season, you got to check out Locked On ACC. It's hosted by Kaz Cooper and Kenton Gibbs. Great podcast. Check it out after today's episode. Now, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So head on over to LinkedIn Jobs, add your job and purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. With simple tools like screening questions, it makes it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This is Locked On BCI. I am your host, AJ Black. Happy Monday, everyone. Hope you all had a great weekend. As I mentioned before, Boston College held their second scrimmage this weekend. It was not open to the press. It was not open to the public. If you want to get the full recap or the the paragraph on the offense and the the paragraph on the defense, go check out Eagle Insider. It's free. You can read the recap up there. Uh, That was just, it's basically the press release, the school release, because there's nothing that you can add to that. Now, when this weekend happened, it was also media day and Jeff Halfley talked about some of the things that are going on with this program. And he showed a lot of confidence, which we've heard that's nothing new, but he brought up something I wanted to discuss, which is the offensive coordinator situation. Okay. So he was asked about the play calling for the offensive offensive coordinators. Um, and he didn't answer specifically, but I want to kind of go into what he talked about. So going into the season, there's two coordinators, sort of. There's the uh, assistant head coach on offense, Rob Chizinski, you know, from Miami, the Colts. He's got a long history um, in in the NFL and in college sports. And he was Jeff Halfley's uh, assistant, uh, not on field uh, for the last couple of seasons. In addition, Steve Shimko is the quarterback's coach slash 
um, uh, offensive coordinator. He's the offensive coordinator by design. Now, Jeff Halfley was asked about the, these coordinators, and he said uh, that sh- he calls them shimmy. Shimmy and, and Chud are both uh, critical in terms of setting up the game plan, and that they also have lots of feedback from passing game coordinator Daryl Wyatt and running game coordinator Matt Applebaum. Now, I heard that in my head kind of melted because I'm like, are there really four people calling plays and doing things? And But you got to kind of parse out what he was talking about. And I think if you 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 take the pieces, and I'm going to ask him when I see, hopefully get to see him this week, um, about what he meant by this. But what I'm guessing is this is where I think the and I hope the offensive uh, game plans go. But beginning of game week, when they're prepping, they have all four guys in the off in in one office, right? You have the running game, passing game, and OC and uh, Chud, right? Chud is kind of I think he's the big game picture. Like he sets in what plays are going to go in. He sets up what you know, watching film, what he thinks will work best against them. Sets that all up ahead of time with input from the other three guys, right? The other th- two guys they're looking at like from a run game perspective, you know. Applebaum's going to say, okay, we need to add these pieces into there, the pass game. So they get like a, a complete picture with all four. That's kind of what Chud does. And Chud will also, I, I know he does some like development of the players too. That's more of like an individual thing. So it's not a game plan thing, but that that's the impression I'm getting game day. What I hope, and hopefully we'll get clarification on this is that Shimko is the one in the booth calling plays. He was in the booth for the scrimmage. They said, so um, I think he'll be up there. I bet Chud will be up there too, but I think it'll be Shimko. F- from what Jeff Halfley said in the past, it sounds like Shimko is going to be the guy that's calling the plays. Hopefully that's the case because if they have, it, 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 it has to be streamlined. You can't go into the season. I mean, I guess you could with two offensive coordinators, but I would hope that, you know, just in one year, especially in a critical year like this, they just go with one guy. Shimko's doing it because if they have more than one voice, I get that, you know, many chefs in the kitchen type of deal think going into my head where I feel like that could be really problematic. Same thing on the defensive side of the ball. We have not heard yet who defensively is calling the plays because you have Azar Abdul Rahim and Sean Duggan, who are both co-defensive coordinators. We haven't heard yet who's calling those plays, but also Jeff Halfley says too, that he's playing a bigger role in the defense as well. So he could be playing calling the plays. So I think this is a position where we just hope my hope here for both is that there is, there is, you know, I I like organizational charts, like where it's streamlined. This guy calls the plays, this guy calls the plays on defense. And this guy, his job is to, you know, either look at the plays after the fact, see if he can find schemes and things are going on, talk team, talk, you know, whatever they need to do. But I haven't heard it yet, but my hope is on both sides of the ball, you just have one guy calling. The, that's their role going in. Now, from the scrimmage, there was a lot of good things that came out of that, it sounds like. Uh, uh, they have said that there are five offensive linemen. We I put this up on Eagle Insider. Jeff Halfley says he knows who his, his – it sounds like he knows who his starting five offensive linemen are going to be for this upcoming season. He, and they've they've been practicing together to get that continuity going. He hasn't named it. He, you know, Coaches are like that. They're not going to say it, right? Um, he knows that. And then in our final segment, he gave a couple names of some surprises from camp. And he gave out three names I want to talk about, about being big surprises and names you're probably going to want to know about. 
heading into the 2023 season. We'll get into all of that in just a moment. This is Locked On BC. I am your host, AJ Black. Check out Eagle Insider. If you haven't done it already, it's a great site. It's what I run um, with all the news and info on there. It's a great community as well. Hope you, hopefully you'll sign up and become a member as well. Now, before I get into football, weekend news, uh, BC landed a commitment. I have it up on our site from Ben Williams, a 2024 outfielder. And he has had a huge summer. I have an interview up with him. He's a six foot uh, with some, a six foot outfielder with some twitch in his actions, tons of quickness in his hands and hips, fluid load that works into an aggressive turn to launch. So he's a good hitter, according to Perfect Game. You can check out more on that. BC also, BC Baseball also finalized their pitch, their coaching staff. Now, we had mentioned before that Ryan Forrest was going to be their pitching coach. He comes from um, Air Force, where he actually was part of the group that brought in Paul Skeens, who's um, one it was the number one draft pick and i believe he's dating olivia dunn who's like one of the biggest like social media influence or he media influencers and lsu players um as well and dan tischler out of columbia who's going to be their hitting coach so be uh todd Entredonato, their coaching uh their head coach has got everything finalized they brought in some new names you can check out more details up on eagle insider on all of that if you're interested now I want to talk about surprises. We've seen camp uh, and I'm going to give you three names that Jeff Halfley has brought up and I'm going to give you one of my own. And I'll start with my own. The one big, st- and I don't even want to call him a surprise, but it's a name that keeps popping up a lot is it, the guy in the picture right now, Dino Tomlin. Now I don't want to call it a surprise, but I feel like he's ready to jump up and have a big year. We were mentioned a lot at the end of last year, especially when Emmett Moorhead came in, that he was going to be, he had great chemistry. They were both on the twos, you know, they were not starters, but had great chemistry on the field. And when Moorhead came in, Halfley made in, in John McNulty made the move of putting Dino out there more. And he made some big plays, especially that NC state game. He had a big game. Now his name is popping up all over the place. in these practice reports, like pictures are all him making big catches. I think he's primed to be a starter this year. And Again, with his relationship with Moorhead, he could be a guy that you see a lot more of when the season's going along. So I think he's going to be a name that goes from, you know, kind of role player to a, a an offensive weapon, a guy that's going to be consistently used by Boston College. So Dino Tomlin was one name I wanted to watch for. Other names, Jeff Halfley named three during his press conference. He was asked by Trevor Haas of, of the Globe, who with some names that surprised you. The first name he brought up was John, John Pupil. We've talked about John Pupil on this podcast before. He is the safety transfer out of Dartmouth. And Halfley cannot speak more highly about how he fits into this culture and what they want to do on defense. I I get, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to expect of him this year. Now he plays really great out there, but is he a guy that's going to start? Well, is he playing at that level? And because scrimmages and practices are all closed. I don't, I can't answer that. Halfley has mentioned that he could be a starter this year. I do imagine he will be a player um, that does see some field time. I don't, I don't doubt that in the least. I think he could be someone you you're waiting for and, and you're seeing out there, um, especially at that strong safety position. The other name to watch for is Lewis bond. Now Lewis bond is a sophomore wide receiver. We saw him for a brief period at the beginning of last year. And then he kind of disappeared. He um, he is a guy that Halfley has mentioned, and he's come up in practice reports tons too, so it's not just the staff. 
Uh, he, he does a ton for this offense. And halfway said on Sunday, he's a guy that you can do anything with. And the piece that I thought was really interesting, I, I see him, he has great hands, he says, so that's good for a wide receiver. But the piece that I thought was interesting too is that they might use him in special teams. So you might want to watch out for that. And I know Ryan O'Keefe, I think, will probably be your starting kick returner, but you may see Lewis Bond back there with him too or, or doing punt returns. Um, he's a guy that the staff feels really highly about, and I think he'll be someone that you're going to want to watch as well. And the final name is a name that we really haven't talked about, just like Pupil, we haven't talked about much at all. And that's Nigel Tate, the defensive tackle, who is a uh, he's a sophomore. He's in his third year at BC. Now he came to BC large. We'll just leave it at, at large. He was about three hundred and fifty pounds, which I don't know. You know, I guess you want specific weight for positions as a defensive tackle. Three hundred fifty pounds sounds pretty cool, but they they wanted him to, to slim down. Now he missed. I think he missed all of last year because of an injury. Halfway mentioned he slimmed down to three fourteen, which is a great weight for a defensive tackle. Uh, and has impressed him this camp. So especially with uh, Caleb Jones, the transfer from NCA and T announcing on Twi- on uh, Instagram that he's out for the season. I saw him in a leg cast too. Uh, you're going to have a spot open for a defensive tackle. Nigel Tate might be that guy, a big, he's big. I mean, he's six, two, three, 10, three, 15. That's what you want. And if he's playing well too, that's great. That gives you some depth to go along with Cam Horsley and Chris Banks and some of those, you know, George Rooks and some of the other interior guys that you're going to be cycling in and out. So those were the three big names that Boston College also, you know, that they brought up this weekend. Now we're heading into another, this is the final week of camp. They're wrapping things up. You know, they're going to have one more press conference this week. Hopefully I'll be able to get to that and we'll get some more answers on this offensive coordinator position. And there's more recruiting news uh, as we speak all up on Eagle Insider. I just saw Boston College. I just wrote about it. Offered Ryan Day's son. Uh, Ryan Day is the head coach of uh, Ohio State. His son is uh, class of 27. He's a quarterback. Um, BC and uh, Day's former defensive coordinator, Jeff Halfley, was his first offer. I thought that was kind of an interesting story. I always love – I know sometimes it makes you feel old when I just saw that uh, Dre Kirkpatrick just, uh, Jr. just committed to Alabama and his dad – I swear it was just at Alabama like five years ago. <laughs> um, but like Ryan day, that's a cool one because obviously he has connections to BC too. So it's all, he, the kid's only a ninth grader. So it won't be, we won't know much for a while, but uh, an interesting offer to say the least. So I'll be back again tomorrow for another show. Anything that news that breaks, check it out on Eagle insider. And we'll be back here to talk about it. Follow me on Twitter at AJ black two, four, seven, please, please, please like, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and like this video too if you're listening live right now it does help tremendously it helps play with that funny algorithm okay uh thank you all so much for uh hanging out with me and i'll see you all again tomorrow take care